Frank Vogel gave an interview to the Arizona Republic this week talking about the fifth starter. It might not be the same person every time. It might be somebody we're not expecting. On today's episode of Locked On Suns, we'll break down what he said, what we think the lineup should look like, and more. Let's go. You are Locked On Suns, your daily Phoenix Suns podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And we're back. This is Locked On Phoenix Suns. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, and I'm your host, Brendan Clean, a credentialed media member covering the Suns for the past six seasons, a writer at suns.com, and the host of the Just Basketball Show, wherever you get your podcast. Thank you so much for making Locked On Suns your first listen to close out your week. Final week of three shows. We're starting daily again next week. We're diving into season preview coverage of the 13 questions that will define this upcoming sun season so hit follow or subscribe wherever you get podcasts we're free we're available everywhere including youtube all you got to do is hit that button to get us in your feed every monday through friday become an everyday or get locked onto the suns each and every day with this show aaron edwards is here to close out the week as he is every week and he will be handling some of those questions with us as we go through season preview coverage but we're starting today with some comments from the head coach of the Suns about the fifth starter on the team. He spoke with Dwayne Rankin of the Arizona Republic, so we'll dive into Vogel talking about how a bunch of different guys could fit in there, and it'll be a little bit of a night-to-night thing, but I want to let everybody know today's show is brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Make every moment more by visiting FanDuel, new customers can bet $5 and get 200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to get started. Aaron, I will pass it back to you by saying, or pass it to you by saying, what Vogel gave as a quote. He said, uh, whoever fits the best is going to be the fifth starter, which is a non-answer. But then he did give a little bit of, uh, he gave a little bit more. He said, we have a lot of guys that have an opportunity to be that fifth guy, the versatility of maybe being able to guard multiple positions or maybe an elite shooter, maybe another playmaker. I think we have a lot of guys with a lot of different skill sets and we'll put a lot of different combinations throughout the year. But I think all those skill sets would fit the four guys you mentioned. We'll see how it plays out. Um, Does it surprise you that he is leaving it so open? Because it's not like he's saying, like, we need defense. Whoever defends is going to get the spot. Or we need shooting. Whoever shoots the best is going to get the spot. He's like, I don't even really know what it's going to be. It could be any type of player, let alone any actual specific player. Yeah, I think he has three dudes on the floor that can get 30 at pretty much any time. So I think when you have that type of scoring, you can be really flexible with your lineup like on a night to night basis, because it's kind of a plug and play thing. They're not going to ask whoever is that fifth person to carry the load. Like they're going to just ask them to, to fit in, like hit open shots and probably play defense or probably some of those lineups is going to be like Vogel's like, we need scoring like right off the bat, you to tonight's your night. Like (laughs) it could get weird like that. Or like it could be Gordon and we can start off small. Like I can see him just kind of doing weird stuff because he has one of the, rare abilities to like do it given he has a seven footer that can pretty much play make and like take care of like the offense if he needs to he has two other guys that can score when they want and they can play make and he has a big that can score so i think once you have all those things going and 
there's like only one basketball. So I think he's just trying to see who fits on a night to night basis like that, because we kind of got everything else covered. Yeah. I, I like the approach. Um, and look, I mean, you know, this isn't even training camp. It's not like he's saying this on opening night. I'm sure, you yeah. know, he'll have more of an idea by the time that he needs to, um, you know, even in October this time, October, you know, a month from now, he might, he might feel that way. But I was, I was looking back at uh, his first Lakers season and the main five, well, like six guys got a bunch of starts, but really it was, LeBron, AD, JaVale, and Danny Green. Like, it was those four for sure. And then, if you remember that year, Avery Bradley was on the team and played pretty well, but didn't go to the bubble. And then uh, KCP kind of picked up and slid into his spot. But Kuzma got nine starts. Rondo got three starts. Dwight got two starts. Uh, And then in the playoffs, obviously, Caruso starts playing a lot more. And he starts uh, one game in the playoffs. You have Dwight getting seven starts and then even Markeith Morris sliding in there for two starts. So this is kind of how Vogel operated. And he, he added in this interview, you know, when he said you're, when you're a brand new team like this, the opening day starting lineup doesn't have to be that same lineup for all 82 games. There's an element of trial and error, giving certain guys opportunities with different groups and not because one is succeeding or failing, but just because throughout an 80 game season, you want to explore. I do think there will be several guys that get those opportunities. So you know, we're going to probably be talking about this all year. I think that's fine. I think a lot of teams are like that, whether it's injuries or, or whatever. Um, but even if it's not injuries, I don't think there's any harm. The Suns have a lot of different types of players. So why pigeonhole yourself by just saying like, yeah, we need a wing defender. And then it's like the minute you go away from that, then you hear about it from the fans and the media and everything else. So I think he's approaching yeah. it the right way. Uh, I haven't asked yeah, I you, mean, I don't like, think, oh. who do you think it should be? Well, go with what you were going to say, but then tell me who you think it should be. Um, I think, like, Vogel can say all that, but we know, like you said, Avery Bradley, or sometimes um, uh, Pope, like, he mm-hmm. wants either energy that's on-ball defender or he wants a lengthy wink. Like, he can't hide that part of it. We know that's what he wants, just energy that's going to hassle you on ball or just kind of just be in the way and be rangy. So, get, like, people know what Vogel likes for the most part, just naming those Lakers lineups, like Kuzma, like, lengthy – can run, can play on ball, and he was, like, can kind of switch. Like, he likes dudes that can switch. So, mm-hmm. at the end of the day, like, yes, he can say we're going to start who we're going to start, and it can change, but everybody knows what kind of players Vogel likes. And that's why I think it's going to be Bates. <laughs> yeah, I, we're talking about this a little bit, I think, on Monday, too, and, you know, I was – I went back because we're doing season previews on my other podcast, team by team, and we're starting at the bottom of the standings, so we did the Spurs first and watched a couple of their, uh, of their games back through, and – um, was getting a little bit nervous about Bates Diop as like a one-on-one guy just because he wasn't really asked to do that. Nobody on yeah. that team really was. It was kind of a just a bad defense. They played really small, so there wasn't a lot of structure. It's not like he was locking guys down. He was more of a team defender. But I think they'll switch and uh, a lot and just try to mitigate that and, and funnel a lot toward Aiton, just have guys fight and try to prevent dribble penetration and whatever. Uh, Vogel did allude to that. Um, 
But the last thing I wanted to hit on from what he said is um, offensively, Dwayne asked him about, you know, not having a traditional point guard. He said, what's the general offensive philosophy when you take that into consideration? And I really like this answer, and it, it tracks with what I think a lot of us are hoping to see. But he said, we want most of our possessions to happen with pace, get the ball to the nearest guy, get it up the floor with the pass, quick pin downs, quick drag screens, the less, the less half-court offense we can run, the better. Throughout my career, I have had sort of a point guard-led attack, but the game has changed over the past five, seven, eight years where there's more multiple ball handler approaches. That's what we're going to incorporate into our team. Like, sign me up. Like That's exactly <laughs> how I think it should be. If he had been like, we're really going to have to ask a lot of book this year and, and Brad is going to need to step up, then I would have been like, you're not making the most of what you have. But the fact that already from the jump, it's like, yeah, we're going to. that's an advantage we have and we're going to use it then like that was that was great to hear because they're just going to start working on how to make that the best it can be from the beginning of camp yeah I think like we kind of wanted that to happen last year but obviously like I don't want to just trash CP this whole this whole time but I think it was sometimes where book just wanted to go off of mix just mm -hmm. like off of make let's get going like let's go immediately and like Chris Paul would like slow it down a little bit but I think that's just the way we're going to have to run it now. And I think we kind of have the bodies to do it. I think even Gordon with the second unit, he kind of likes running like that too. So I think not having a point guard will kind of like be a learning part for when games get tight and when the half court stuff has to happen. But that's kind of what you have the three scores for to figure that part out later. For sure. And in the spirit of, you know, being positive, which uh, by not, you know, jumping on Chris there, we were doing, but I'll also do it uh, with this, which is to say that turning defense into offense is something we knew Vogel was going to want to do. I think that lends itself when you don't have that one guy that always needs to get the, you know, pass off of a rebound to set things up, that those things can go hand in hand. I think that's part of why I, I wasn't opposed to Vogel the more I thought about it. But from a player's standpoint, Aiton and his um, outlet passing is – one of the strengths he had when he was coming out, you know, and yeah. when you play slow and he's just, you know, bounce passing it to Chris Paul, who's like three feet away from him to, you know, <laughs> shuffle up the court, then like that's mitigated. So I'm not trying to yeah. say that an outlet pass, like yeah, I, I've, I've honestly laughed at how much like Kevin loves outlet passing gets talked up. It's like, what is it really adding at the end of the day? But it is, <laughs> if, if you make a concerted effort to play fast, it, it adds up over the course of games, over the course of the season. And, I do think that's something Aiton can do. If he's committed to getting defensive rebounds and finding the guy that's streaking down the court, then, you know, he can be part of a of a good transition offense. And maybe the end of the year you look up and it's like, yeah, the on-off stuff, their transition offense when Aiton was on the court was like four points better, five points better, whatever. And, like, that's how you get advantages and, and beat teams. So hopefully that yeah. that can be part I of think, it. Um, yeah. yeah, I think there is just an advantage to crossing half court with 18 seconds left. I think just having that much time to run your stuff, even if you don't get transition buckets, like just the pace and getting down there and not waiting for your big to finally come up and set the screen that you need. And now it's 12 seconds left, 10 seconds left. I think just the whole process starting faster and having like, dudes that are willing to just get them up like that was what we talked about last time like yeah if we could just get the attempts like i understand money like i loved money's offense but it was kind of like slow paced and it kind of took a while sometimes and i think just getting down to getting past half court quicker and just getting all that started is going to help us just get them up a lot faster 
saying it's nice to get the ball up that quickly, you know, 18 seconds, whatever, makes you uh, sound like a Suns fan. So, you know, hopefully <laughs> people appreciate that, you know, we're not uh, just making this stuff up. But let's talk about the bigger, I guess, Suns news of the day, which is the leak of the El Valle jerseys and not even leaks, just straight up marketing at this point as we get closer to the book one release. So we'll dive into... I guess what these guys are going to wear this year after one quick break. First, today's show brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook. Get ready for the NFL season with incredible offers from FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers can get $5, can bet $5 and get 200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Plus, all customers who bet $5 will get $100 off NFL Sunday ticket from YouTube and YouTube TV. Now's the best time to join FanDuel. The app is easy to use, and you can bet on everything from spreads to player props and more. Aaron, should I just bet on the Cardinals to lose every week? Will that help my season be more uh, <laughs> enjoyable? I was going to make that joke later, right, right when we were about to end the fight. But, yeah, I think at least it'll make it more fun. Just bet unders, and that way you're just good to go. Yeah, bet maybe bet the over on this. Well, it'll already be aired by the time people are watching, but Chiefs Lions game and get the get those bonus bets in and then use the bonus bets. Just bet the unders, bet against the the Cardinals. It'll make you some money while you're suffering and then I bought my tickets for the Caleb Williams show in 2 weeks in Tempe. Maybe you do the same and just start to, you know, <laughs> gradually prep for what's coming next. Visit fanduel.com/lockedon though. In the meantime, Kick off the NFL season with an offer you won't want to miss. Get that discount on YouTube and YouTube TV. Get those bonus bets. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. All right. Let's talk about... Uh, we've talked about the shoes a lot, I think, but, you know, um, Drake's involved now. J. Cole's involved <laughs> now. Uh, you know, we're seeing any number of, like, I don't... It's The cuts are going so fast that I'm like, I think I recognize that person. They're famous. I don't know who that is, though. That's fine. Um do you think they're going to be successful? Because we're going to care about it. Like, I'm sure a bunch of people, like, you know, if, if Nike had some sort of map of sales, like, whatever, all the footlockers here are going to be sold out uh, and stuff. Like, you know, all the internet traffic is going to come from Phoenix, whatever. But do you think they're going to be big? Do you think this is going to be one of the more popular ones? Can it replace the Kyries the way that they hope it will, especially with Ja doing whatever jaw is doing like this this kind of has a lot riding on it and i feel like the marketing around it indicates that like there this is a big deal in a way that not every player's first launch always is yeah i think it was kind of just a perfect storm of a situation too like we were like screaming about book finally needing a shoe and i just they like the most talented team he's ever played for with one of the greatest players ever new coach another great player like I think this is the best time for it to drop. There was kind of not a better chance for Nike to do this. So they kind of have, I felt like that maybe they probably even rushed it knowing that this is going to be the type of season that the Suns are going to have. And they're like, book, yeah. we're doing this now because there won't ever be a better chance. Like kids are going to see him play for one of the most talented teams was going to like supposed to be good. Like you want a player on a good team to launch at the right time. And, Drake and all these people being attached to it. Like, yes, like, I think this is probably the best case scenario for dropping the shoe. It seems like they pushed it up. Um, I, yeah. You know, it was supposed <laughs> to be like midseason, Christmas, whatever. Uh, and now it seems like, you know, I don't know when it'll be on sale, but I'm 
he's going to be wearing it, you know, in practice videos that the social media team puts up in like a month and probably yeah. on opening night and all throughout the season, which and like we've seen after going to come and yeah, like, yeah, it's, it's all going to start. Like I, I wouldn't be shocked if opening night, like it's a TNT Suns game and we see a book commercial. Like it just seems like this is the perfect time for them to do it. And, and Nike's always done a great job with ads and stuff. So like these yeah. little Instagram story things. <laughs> A lot of people are going to be watching that game. It's opening night. It's us against the Warriors. Like to just show Book's new shoe is just smart marketing. Yeah, I I just said Nike's good at ads. I meant with Book. Like specifically, <laughs> they have done a good job with the animated one. Once upon a time, the I mean, he was in the NBA uh, like promo that one year with the with the car and the Kobe mural and all that. Like they've always he's an easy guy to market, and I think you know they'll have no struggle with that. I think they'll be able to get hype and attention around it. Um, I had a little bit of a joke, so I don't even believe this, but it's just funny to say, I know that's not how you're supposed to set up when you tell a joke, but I did it already. <laughs> I do like um, that all the time. <laughs> they can't wait till Christmas. Cause you'll probably have pulled a hammy by then too, you know? So they got to just, Your com- these comments are going to be a disaster tomorrow. <laughs> just, I mean, if you don't think anybody that's in marketing at Nike said that, then I don't know what to tell you. It probably came up is all I'm saying. Um, Sorry, but, people in the YouTube comments. I didn't say it. Yell at him. No, Aaron did not say it. Um, no, let's talk about the jerseys, though, too, because I think these uh, I'm probably not going to like I'm not sure if orange works for me. I'm not sure. It's like a little skaterish. The book ones like I'm I'm not going to buy that colorway. I'll wait to see if there's a black or if he does a Moss Point blue or something like that. Maybe I'll get in on it. I'm not going to be purchasing those, I don't think. But I might buy these El Valle jerseys because uh, they look really cool. I think the if anybody didn't see it, I didn't download the picture to throw it up on YouTube because it doesn't look good when I do that. But you can find it anywhere. It's, it's all over now. Um, not fully confirmed, but people have pointed out like NBA 2K comes out, I think, on Friday or yeah, something. Yeah, on Friday. And the jerseys are usually uploaded in there already, so that might leak it. We'll see. But um, what did you think of them? Because I think they nailed it. I think the the vibe of it is really cool. They've done awesome on these city jerseys every single time, and this one seems like another one. Yeah, I like those a lot. I like how like the purple is like a little bit lighter, and so it's going to stand out from the other ones. Because if it wasn't, it would kind of just look like a different version of the jersey you have behind you a little bit. Mm-hmm. So I like that the jersey is like a little bit lighter purple, and I like the colors that they have uh, on the Phoenix part. Like I like all of it. It's really good. It it just has more like personality to it than I thought it might. Which I guess I shouldn't yeah. be surprised because the Valley jerseys had that, the Native jerseys had that, and these ones. Yeah. Like I, but they've just had, like, I'm still just scarred by the blocky text and like the yeah. super like stripped down design to save money or whatever it was for all those years that I think I'm just still like crossing my fingers, but I mean, they've nailed a bunch of these now, so I should probably just expect that. Yeah. Like I like that. It seems like they dialed it back a little bit compared to the tribal ones just because they probably didn't want to just keep doing the floor like that. Yeah. <laughs> but I, but I, I do like how how simple it is but yeah like still goes pretty hard i'm really hoping for a floor though too because that kind of like dreamy like yeah whatever (laughs) it it just feels yeah yeah, it feels almost like psychedelic in a way even though it's supposed to be like latino i I don't know why i'm getting the vibe i think just because it's kind (laughs) of like curved and and has like the starry kind of coloring and texture to it that that makes it feel that way but um it's cool i think they can do a lot with it i'm sure the associated merch and whatever shirts and stuff would be really cool they've already been doing a lot uh of like spanish uh 
like El Valle. I have an El Valle shirt with like a low rider on the back. They have like um, obviously like low sun stuff. Like they've been building yeah. that out. So I'm sure they're ready for like how the whole thing of it's going to be, not just the one jersey. So uh, that'll probably be yeah. coming soon. But at long last, it was always rumored. It's kind of official now. So I wanted to hit on that. But let's close out with. Um, along this, along a similar line, I'm starting like deep dive season preview stuff next year. I was trying to think like big picture, what's the season going to be like? We've talked a lot about different aspects of it, different games we've played and everything as we're getting closer, but I I just want it to be fun. And I think like, I'm going to try to approach it as like, we're watching three of the best players in the league on a nightly basis, two of whom are, might be MVP candidates. And I had a feeling and like, it's always like the most ever, you don't always have to do that, but in this case, I kind of think it might be one of the most enjoyable sun seasons ever. So we may just end up listing off things we're excited for in the next segment. So if that's your thing, stick around. Uh, first, one more quick break. All right, coming back. Let me just put it to you that way, Aaron. Do you think if you're just fast forwarding your brain to April, how good of a chance do you think it is that you experience this whole season and by the end of it you're like i've never had more fun watching like a sun's team night to night than i did that one um i want to say yes but i think the risk to reward thing like i think if it's going well it's going to be going really well but i think if it goes bad it's very bad kind of thing (laughs) because to me after we lost the finals the year after like that was kind of like the most fun i had watching us like it was just expectations like we like some of the guys were figuring it out we just came out hot like it was the chris paul kind of was just locked in i think all of that the t- usually the team well the way we lost it you could just tell they were like just ready to get back to work and that was probably like the most fun like the winning streak like all of it like we just looked fun like we had the players that we like i don't really care about that part but the players that we drafted mikhail was having fun like cam i mean the campaign wasn't like great that season but it was like just a good time. And I just think like all these players are new. So we're going to have a whole lot of new personalities to know. And we knew those guys. So I think like, yes, it'll be fun. And if we're winning, like winning is always fun. But I think the, after we lost the finals that season after, I think that was probably like the most regular season fun that I had. I guess I just think about it in being an NBA fan, being a basketball fan, like, I do, th- I do genuinely think, even trying to separate the fact that I do this show or grew up here, rooted for this team, whatever, like Booker is one of the most just entertaining people to just turn on the TV and watch. And Kevin Durant might be more than, might be even more so <laughs> that, right? So like, yeah, <laughs> like just from that standpoint, like I, I've always dating back to like as long as I had League Pass or even when I was like a kid and would just turn on whatever like Reddit streams I could find and stuff. Like I sought out, like I would try to turn on Kevin Durant games. You know what I mean? And we just didn't get like last year was just not that. I mean, how many of them did we get? But yeah, the fact that like, I just remember even that, that Charlotte Chicago road, like trip that they had when KD came back, like those games sucked, but I was psyched to like, sit down and watch them you know what i mean and that's that could be there could be like 60 to 80 of those this year you know what i mean so yeah that's the part i'm excited about yeah Yeah. i think last year like 
it felt like KD was playing a pickup game with the Suns. <laughs> and that's like the best way I can explain it. It didn't like he was on the team. He like was with the players, and, but it just felt like we picked KD up and he was just part of the Suns. I think now he's going to be like on the team and we get a full season of it. And it's going to be like KD is a Sun this time. But last year, honestly, it never really felt like it. It felt like KD just became a Sun out of nowhere and we had to get used to it on the fly. The other part, I guess, that I would say I'm excited about and, like, what I was – why that idea came to mind of, like, yeah, I think this might be the most enjoyable one is I think they're going to experiment a lot. I mean, we were just talking about it in the first segment, like, with lineups, but even just stylistically, like, there might be one random game this year against the Bucks or against the Lakers or uh, the Mavs even maybe where it's, like, did Aiton just like switch 50 times and like lock down Giannis? And then, you know, like did Yuta just break the all time, like single game Suns three point record by making like 11, three, you know what I mean? I just feel yeah. like there's going to be a lot of those nights where different guys step up or different stuff happens because I think that's why Vogel was hired to tinker, to experiment, to bring a new perspective and all that. And I think they're going to really use the regular season that way. And that just makes it more like, random every night you're you never know what you're going to get but obviously most nights it's going to be good yeah i think just seeing that i'm excited for that too just seeing like a fourth last fourth uh last four minutes of a fourth end with just booker beal and eric gordon out of nowhere like i think just seeing stuff like that is just going to be fun too because he has a lot of flexibility to do just some insane stuff with the lineup when you know the teams don't want to trade buckets with you so you can kind of do a lot of stuff with that well and i think too if, if it goes well, if they start well, especially, um, you know, you were talking about that 21-22 season by, I mean, I guess that year it kind of took to like February, March, but uh, Booker will let everybody know, you know what I mean? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and so like if, if it goes according to plan and like they really are dominant and vying for the one seed and really pushing and, you know, they're talked about every day and, you know, statistically just like really, really good and everything. And he's getting awards buzz or the team's getting different talked about in a, in a high way or whatever it is like that, that same way that we felt that year and the way that Booker started to match that with his, you know, talk like that, that'll be fun, but it, it won't be right away. Cause you know, that's what it's when you go up against the Mavs, then that stuff gets shoved back in your face as we saw. Yeah. But like, Midway through, just over midway through the season, if if everything's jo- uh, going the way that that they wanted to, like then it'll start to be like really fun on a nightly basis. Yeah. You'll be getting into it with front row seat fans and all that stuff. Yeah, and I think the the KD factor too. Like, I don't think the rest of the team is going to be tweeting, but KD's never going to stop tweeting. So I think just if we're good and KD's still online, I think that's just going to be a really fun aspect of the season too. I was reminded, I, I, I don't even know if I knew this or I just blocked it out, but the time that uh, Stephen A. Smith told Kevin Durant he didn't want to make an enemy out of him. Do you remember yeah. this? I, yeah, it was with, uh, it was like OKC, right? It was, was when he was, old. yeah, it was like around the free agency of when he might have yeah. been wanting to leave the Thunder and he denied wanting to go to LA and Stephen A. had said he wanted to go to LA. This was like 2015. 
And he just looked at it, the camera. He's like, you do not want to make an enemy out of me. I'm like, I know it's that. a character, but I'm also like, the, he just threatened an NBA player on live TV, and we all forgot about that. <laughs> yeah, first take back in the day with him and Skip was just, I mean, it's probably more ridiculous now, but it was pretty ridiculous back then. <laughs> so I guess just uh, the reason I bring that up, we'll, we'll get some KD moments. I mean, again, not, we didn't get enough of a season to really experience that here in the valley last year but you know every season's good for two or three i mean the 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 sock picture with the ashy calves like there's always some sort of something he's gonna have to do a post game show with charles barkley and kenny and Shaq at some point too like we're gonna get all that stuff and it's gonna be funny (laughs) yeah maybe i guess i could have just put this segment of like don't forget we're about to get 82 games of kevin durant like (laughs) Maybe I'm a little scared off by the KD stands who have been telling me I'm not standing hard enough along with them in the comments every day. But trust me when I say, like, it's going to be fun. I'm excited. I'm not, you know, I might be a little bit overly, you know, on Booker's side. And and maybe I'm already doing the the Phoenix version of Steph better. And you can blame me when (laughs) when Book Lee or when KD leaves in two years or something, which I don't think is actually going to happen. But. I'm excited. There it is on the record. I will. I am excited to watch Kevin Durant play basketball. I'm, I'm so glad you said that. It took you almost a year to finally admit that you wanted KT on the Suns. Yeah, I just been in denial. I just couldn't come to grips with it. Um, <laughs> miss my guy Mikhail too much. I don't know what to tell you. All right, that will wrap us up. Season preview starting next week. 13 episodes. That'll be two and a half weeks of content that'll lead us right into media day. Two weeks from, or three weeks from today, when Aaron and I record, we will be doing a preview of Media Day, which is Monday, October 2nd. Basically, from now till then, one episode, one question at a time, getting you everything that you need to know heading into the sun season. So hit follow or subscribe if you have not already. Get all of that, plus the actual stuff when the season starts in your feed every day. And I'll talk to you guys next week.